You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Okay, taking from, you know, the angle that um, our brother brought, I, I, I want us to see something. Or rather, maybe I should ask this question first. Knowing the faithfulness of God, what does it provoke in us? What, should, what type of thing should it provoke in us? Knowing his faithfulness. To trust him. Yes, very good. Thank you. Any other thing? Joy. Okay, any other thing? Okay, let's even go back to trust. Yes, because that's what our text says. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and what? Feed on his faithfulness. So trusting in the Lord, what does it do for us? It gives us stability of heart, yes. Most importantly, what else? Stability of heart. I trust you. I trust my father. What should it lead me to? Sorry? Confidence, yes, very good. Sorry? Faithfulness to him, yes. Yes, and yes. Okay, praise the Lord. On Sunday, we said that there are levels of knowing. We started by saying that eternal life, you know, our Lord Jesus had said eternal life is the knowledge of the Father, isn't it? And what, what for me, you know, brought my heart to that meditation was that if Jesus, not if, since Jesus is one with the Father and came down to show us the way, I wanted to go back and see what are the secrets that Jesus had that enabled him to have such a success in showing us the way and in living the life. Are you with me? Hebrews you know, uh, 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, who for the joy. Now, Jesus knew the Father perfectly. He knew the Father unequivocally. His knowledge of the Father had no shade. It was light and light and light because he was one with the Father. And I want to believe that one of the things or the major thing that influenced Jesus' life was Jesus' knowledge of the faithfulness of the Father. I mean, do you, do you, Jesus says, I do nothing of my own. No matter how much I mean, in human relationships, sometimes my wife will tell me something, I'll tell her something. She will think what she's telling me, what I'm telling her is not good for her. How many of us are married here? But you know you're telling, uh, but because we have not come to that place of perfect knowledge, where you see the heart or know the heart of the person that is talking with you. But you see, Jesus had come to where he knows the Father so much, okay, that whatever he could, he could rest, that's the word, he could trust completely in the Father. He said, of my own, I do nothing. How, do you know what? Can you set yourself a target and say, okay, this week, I'll do nothing of my own. Only what the Father says. You understand what I mean? Imagine that level of trust. 
And that is what we are to come to. That, is, that should be the end product of learning of the faithfulness of God. This one will never fail. And, you know, we, we talked about scientific inventions. Okay, so you know, based on, you know, whatever calculation now, the chair that when you sit on this chair, you don't hold your muscles. You don't prepare your muscles in case it falls. Why? Because you know that with four legs what, of iron or of steel, this thing will carry your weight. So when you put your weight there, I know most of us that are midweek don't sleep. But on Sunday, some people put their weight there and then they start dreaming. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because over time, not over time, they, they understand by reason that what? This chair can what? Be trusted. So when they put their weight on the chair, they don't bother about anything again. The same way as you go with scientific inventions now, if you tell somebody I will call you, you don't bring your phone and probe it. You bring your phone and you enter the number and you what you call what because you know that when you have credit and make that call the call will go through you have come to depend on the faithfulness on the reliability of those devices are you with me now the same way as you know the faithfulness of god what should happen to you and i is that we'll come to rely on his word faithfulness and where it should lead us, the end product, I may start, you know, let me, let me do it that way so we don't. Where it should lead us is simply to the place of complete and total obedience. You see, every time I disobey God, I am saying he's not faithful. That's simply, I mean, I may not be saying it outrightly, but that's what I'm saying. You understand what I mean? I'm saying he's not reliable. I'm saying my way is better, unless I'm mad. But if I'm not mad, then I'm saying my way is better. It's as simple as that. The faithful, that's why the psalmist said, trust in the Lord and what? Do good. Now, how many of us have willingly today uh, at, at our lunch hour fellowship, Max said, you know, the person that was sharing, Max said that there was something he wanted to do that he knew was bad. And he told God he would do it. Okay. And it said to God, God, I'm going to do this. I know it's bad. Now, every time you and I do something, whether knowingly or unknowingly or intentionally like he was planning, that we, is bad, you know what we're saying? We're saying God is no longer faithful. Because if God is faithful, you will not do something bad. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? All the justifications that we have for doing what we know is not good is because for that moment to say God is not faithful. But as long as you see and set before God, your eyes the faithfulness of God, you can't do bad. And when I'm talking bad now, and we're not going far to fornication, and I'm even saying to the little one of, what's the little one? Of forgiveness, of envy, of, you know, just brotherly love. Are you getting me? Any moment I do that, or, or, or someone annoys you, you say, no, I will deal with him, all of that. You're dealing with him because you have come to believe for that moment that God can deal with him. And that you have suffered injustice that God can make right. But as long as you see yourself, the Bible says, our Lord Jesus Christ, it says when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he was trying to, he didn't respond. He said, what did he do? He committed himself to the one who he knows that judges justly. Every time I take the laws in my hands, 
I'm saying leave this matter. Nigerian police will not do it well. God in heaven will not do it well. Let me handle it myself. Now, okay, since I'm mixing up the whole thing, I, I want to ask you, how many of us have interacted with some persons and left with the impression that this brother, this lady, or this man, or this boy is a true Christian? How many of us have had such experiences? You know, not that the person was vibrating, you know, not that the person was quoting scripture. You just had an interaction with somebody and you just felt this person is a Christian. I want to ask you, can you remember what about them that made you feel they were true Christians? In what area? In what area? You can break it down. You know. Thank you. That, you see, you, you, you hear someone, like, like somebody recently, you know, I, I hope I, I don't just. But when I heard something he did, I said, this person has the spirit of God. Because you see, the, the proof that somebody is a Christian is that he relies on God. He lets God handle issues. Whether it's in marriage, whether it's in finances, whether it's in personal offense, whatever it is, he lets God. Why? Because the true Christian knows his God. We say that eternal life is what? The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God produces. You see, Adam knew Eve and what? What came out? A child came out. When the Christian knows God, there is something that comes out. It influences your character. It influences your words. You don't speak anyhow. You don't respond. When you see sometimes, you see, for a stage, maybe it's allowed. When, but when you see too much noise, oftentimes, there is no proximity with God. There is a level of proximity you get to God, it will calm you. And it's a result of just knowing his faithfulness. For those who watch Chinese movies, it's like when you, if you're watching Chinese movies, if you really want to know who will win the battle, who will win the Kung Fu Mai, it's the one that, doesn't make, that makes the least noise. Isn't it? <laughs> you know, it, why? He knows he will win, so he's not making noise. His victory will speak for him. When you see the other one, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one that will just finish immediately. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Why am I hasty? Because I have the, you know, I'm being influenced by the disease of orphans. I have no heavenly father to fight for me. But if I know that my heavenly father is watching over me, if I'm convinced that my heavenly father will see to it, whatever it may mean, then there's a calmness that I will exude in that office. There's a calmness I will exude in that trying temptation. It's not issue, praise the Lord, but that is what shows our maturity. You know, this particular person I was saying, it had something to do with the marriage. And when I heard his response, as I was hearing what was going on, but when I, I, I heard or saw his response, I respected the man. I said, this person is a Christian. Because you can only respond like this in this situation if you submit totally to God. And that's not easy for many of us. Why why we're dealing with that, and that's why I wish many people on Sunday will come and I pray they will listen to the message, is that there's there's a one-legged aspect 
of God's faithfulness. Where we take God's faithfulness to be that God will serve me faithfully. Praise the Lord. Now, we had learned here, and thank God that Dr. Kalnuzo came and confirmed it. God is not on anybody's side. God is God, praise the Lord. And God is on his word, on his side. The commander, the captain of the host of heaven said, I'm not on your side. You have to get on my side. So, God is faithful to his word. Okay, now I have been created by his word and I'm to submit to his word. As long as I submit to his word, then you can say God is faithful to me. Are you with me? But you see, let, 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 me, show you, let me show you the picture we have, most of us, guys that are there, please come to this side. The, the pictures we have where, where most of us think faithfulness. We think of a child in a school, okay, uh, thank you. Yeah, Pastor King's dad was a principal. Okay. So look at what the way we see faithfulness. So Akin will join other uh, uh, class four students and jump fence. Okay. And when they write the list, when the father sees the child's name there, he will remove his name. And then the rest who have no father as principals, they will kill them at the assembly. That's the way we see faithfulness. That's the way we see it. We, we see that God will wink at my own case. My case is different. But no, if the father did that, then he has shown he is not faithful. He might be a doting father. He might be a father who just loves this boy so much, but he's not a faithful man as a principal. Now, God is faithful as God, and then he's a good father. Is someone getting what I'm saying? So God, now in his faithfulness, what he does to you and I as his children, is that he speaks to us. He tells us, like this, in this scenario now, he'll say, Akin, please don't join those boys to jump the fence. Because fence jumpers, we're going to expel them. If Akin now hearkens to the word of his father, now he will not join, then he will never be expelled. But if he joins and jumps in faithfulness, his father will, should call him out and expel him. So the faithfulness of God teaches us that God, what, sticks to his word. God should be relied on to do exactly what he said he would do. Being sons or the redeemed of the Lord is bringing us into a part of the covenant. It is still his word. He doesn't suspend his word. Is someone still with me here? Oh, okay, let's go into scripture so that um, we concluded on Sunday by looking at 2 Timothy 2. So we can start from there. 2 Timothy 2 from 11. 2 Timothy 2, 11. 11 to 13, if you can put it together so we'll look at it. Thank you. It says, this is a faithful saying. Okay. It says, for if we died with him, what will happen? We shall also, what, live with him. It's a faithful saying. Now, look at what is happening in this saying. It shows you the condition. The mentality that we have of God's faithfulness is, I will claim it, but I will not obey it. If any man seeks to be my disciple, let him what? 
deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Isn't that what he said? Now, you can claim discipleship from now till thy kingdom come. If you don't deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him, you are just wasting your time. Because in his faithfulness, he has told you this is how it works. Are you with me? So here it says, if you, this is a faithful saying. It, may, it means this saying is in, in integrity. It will stand the test of its own. So if we die, if, if, I, I will lend to you also that every pro- prophecy of God has an if. So don't mind people that just come and, you know, blow on everybody. No, it's always an if. Okay, even salvation if it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only that whosoever, if you believe, you enter. Okay, so it says if we died with him, what happened? We will what? Live with him. So I want to live with him. What should I be looking at? The next one says what? If we endure, what will happen? We reign. Now, now, you, you, I, I, I reign in Christ. I'm seated in heavenly place. It's okay. It's part of the promise. But the condition for the fulfillment says what? I have to endure. So now God in his mercy will create situations for you to endure. Which is what we started by saying. That when you see a mature Christian, you will see his behavior in difficult circumstances. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's, you, you, let, you say, ah, ah, what, how, how are you able to take it? What he's doing is that he's preparing or positioning himself for reigning. He's not a fool. Praise the Lord. He's not a, he, he doesn't want a boring life. He's not, he's not drab. He's not old school. No, he wants to reign, but he knows how to get there. If you endure, the Bible says, endure what? Hardness as good soldiers. Okay? If you endure, it says, as a hardworking farmer. He said you have to be long-suffering. Which farmer will it be that will plant corn? Okay? And when he looks and sees corn all over, he'll go and uproot it. Will he ever eat corn? If we endure, what we will do? We will reign. Then he goes on and says, if we deny him. Have you seen that? What will he do? If we deny, who is talking here? This is God. So you, you and I must confront ourselves with the truth that God will not always be by my side. If I'm not doing what he said I should do. I can't conjure him. Even the people who do the so-called audacia and the, you know, magical powers. They tell them, don't eat okra, don't drink uh, palm oil. What are the things I tell you uh, people? To not? You know, nobody here knows, I know. So, do you understand? It's if we deny him. No, he can't be running behind us. Our Lord Jesus made it clear. He said, if you don't confess me before men, what will happen? He said, I won't also confess you. So, Pastor Chris was talking, you know, two Sundays ago about, you know, the Great Commission. You, you must have in mind, listen, this thing, these are conditions. You can't be living your life and be entering places and coming out, be meeting people and coming out. God is creating platforms for you, and you're not talking. And then you expect that he also will just land in heaven. Because he's a superstar. You know it's stars that you claim, but they don't claim you. That's why I don't, I don't have time for any star. In fact, when I see them, I pretend I don't even know them. Because if you don't know me, what's the gain in me knowing you? Ah, I see you, I know you. Hey, 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 let's take picture. He doesn't know you. Reflect the mirror. Greet him, hello. 
I met one at the airport up till he now said I know you from somewhere. Then I said I know you from somewhere. Abba, we make we know ourselves now. <laughs> if, you know, if you don't know me, why should I know you? I knew him, but I just kept straight face. He kept looking. I'm sure he was looking to say, ah, this person should know me. And it was my namesake, well, in, in the form of IK, but, you know. Okay, so, so it says, if we deny him, he will also what? His faithfulness will deny the person that denies him. Then he goes on and says, if we are faithless, now he can't remain, sorry, he can't become faithless. He's faithful. That's where the father comes in. The father in that story that you raised, my brother, my dear, is that the proof of it is that the father did not change. The father did not change. The love of the father was there. But the love of the father did not become reckless and leave the people at home and go to, to, the, to the pig stand. But he waited. So the moment he changed his mind, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord what, shall be saved. Why? Because the Lord remains faithful. As long there is, as there is life and breath in any person, he can repent. But the danger is that, that you don't know when the breath will go. If we knew, there will be license for everybody. Just be fooling around. Two hours before you die. Just call on him. Praise the Lord. And he will answer, but you don't know two hours. <laughs> Nobody is guaranteed in two hours. Okay, so he says, if we are faithless, say he remains faithful. So we can see here that faithfulness is not a joke. Okay? And it's not the way we always look at it. We are human beings, but God is not a human being. And it really, if you want to just step down to science, basically, and it will help you. If you look at, you know, like we say, scientific invention, they just use the properties. They know that air is this. They know that water is this. They calculate the properties. They do the mathematics. And they can predict it. And we said on Sunday, to some extent, it will work for God. It's just that the problem is that with God, now when you extrapolate, you get to the point where you finish your understanding, where the wisdom of God is beyond what? Finding out. That's where you cannot now predict. Are you understanding? That's where you now have to, must have to now enter into the place of faith. That's where the Bible says of Abraham, it says, who being past dead, did not even also consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's where you have to make room because the person you're now committing your life to, you're trusting, is the one who designed the world, the one who created the thing that you are talking about. So is it the womb he made it? Is it the loins he made it? Is it the vessels in your body he made it? So he can heal you beyond medical report. That is why we have seen cases of women who bring forth children who they had cut off their wombs. Because God, when he made the woman and said, you're going to bring forth by a womb, could have made the woman and said, you're going to bring forth by the lungs. There was nothing that constrained him ab initial to say, this is the way it has to be. So he has the right also to introduce special effects. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yes, he, he, he can make some differences. Just like, you know, as I was saying this, I remembered my first car was a Volkswagen Beatles, my own very car. Now, I realized that the Beatles people, Volkswagen, they also made some Beatles that were special with bigger engines. I came to discover that and I upgraded my own also. So the maker of the product reserves the right to make some things extra. Are you with me? 
So he said concerning Abraham and Sarah, at 100 years stroke 90, I will make Abraham like 18, Sarah like 16. He gave them that body. Bam! A baby dropped out. So we predict him, but we remember he is the original manufacturer. He can expand the dimensions. He can change the specifications. Do you understand? He's not held in his creation. He's outside of his creation. But we know that he's able. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, so, so moving on from there, I, I want you to come to a scripture which a, a, a lot of people, you know, don't understand. And that, that's why our world is the way it is. Come with me to Second Samuel. Second Samuel 22. And we'll read so, some of the things that we see about David's life that shows us, you know, uh, the, the, the kind of revelation and understanding this man had. Second Samuel 22, I, I want to read from 21. Where I'm actually want us to focus on is 26 and 27. We'll read from 21. 21 says, the Lord... Rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. 24 says, I was also blameless before him. And I kept myself from my iniquity. 25. Let's read 25 for everybody. Therefore, the Lord has what? Recompensed me according to my... Now, and I know looking at New Covenant now, we say it's not our righteousness. We're going to get there. The Lord has recompensed me according to my right, righteousness, according to my what? Cleanness in his eyes. Now, 26 and 27. Let's read together. I'll read it to you. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. Now, do you know why this has to be said of God? Let me tell you why. God's faithfulness. If God, in this equation now, comes to the shrewd and becomes faithful to him, just like he is to the pure, you know what is going to happen? The faithfulness of God will become shrewdness. Because you see, this person will now be playing tricks. And if God follows him in all his wire and is being faithful to him, you see what is going to happen now? God will lose his integrity and send a confusing signal. That's why God, in all his love for David, said to David, the thing you have done, you have caused my name to be despised in all Israel. I will also deal with you openly. Because if he didn't do that, there will be a pattern in Israel that when God loves you, you can get away with anything. So there's forgiveness, but there's recompense for record purposes. Now, God help you that you come out of it before the end. It says here, it says with the merciful, what will he do? You show himself merciful. So what God is in effect saying is this. My goodness is available for you to control in a, a form. So you want me to show you mercy. He said, go about and show mercy. You want me to treat you in a manner that is, you know, just God-like. Then he said, go ahead and do the same. 
Didn't our Lord Jesus Christ teach us, whatever things you want men to do to you, what? Do same to men. Now, you, you know, if, if we bring that into our consciousness, it will help our prayers. Like I've told us here now, the prayer the believer should be praying, we, we are not getting it right because the prayer should be, Lord, help me to obey you. As you're obeying God, answers to the things you did in prayer will be pursuing you. But if you're busy trying to say, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. There are terms and conditions. Are you getting it? And God is the superintendent of your life. So he's looking, what are you giving out? What are you, you know, oozing out? What are, are you giving mercy? Are you giving consideration? Are you sending out patience? What is it that you're sending out? So I can send it back to you. They are more powerful than the words you speak. He said, with the merciful, what will happen? He said, with the blameless, what will happen? He said, with the pure, what will happen? But he says, with the shrewd one, the devious one, I will show him I can also play the game. So when the person gets devious, God says, I will also change the way. So the faithfulness of God doesn't mean he does not know how to, you know, just turn around. That's what the Bible is teaching us. Now, all of that shouldn't make us afraid. Rather, it should make us secure. And it should provoke us to a desire. Because, you see, we learned um, some from the uh, program, Psalm 110, verse 3. It says your people shall be what? Volunteers. It should make your heart yearn. That's why you look at any man who pleased God. It started from the heart. I want to please you. You may not have the capacity, but it must first be your desire. But do you know we are growing, we are raising people in this time who have no interest in God's pleasure. They have interest in what they want have interest in. So the prayer from beginning is, give me what I want. Give me what I want and give me fast. Eh? And then the message is the same thing. You can get this, you can get this. Now, when you, when you now look at that from the side of God, you're wondering, what's the difference between this and the hidden? Where's the trust in God? Where's the God factor? Where's the loving father? Our Lord Jesus said, your heavenly father. Let me hear you say, my heavenly father. Knows everything that you have need of. How does that influence your relationship with him, sir? How do you talk to him? Are you talking to someone who you know knows everything you have need of? Are you talking to someone who you know knows what you're going through right now? So, he knows. He knows. And if he knows, daddy, why haven't you intervened? It's a, it's a proper place to be, isn't it? You ask him questions. Then as you ask him questions, he begins to say to you, he said, trust in the Lord and what? And do good. C- can I give you a secret here? If the devil cannot get the Christian to disobey God, you know he has lost entirely in your life. Do you know why you face difficult situations? Does anybody know really why you face difficult situations? No money, you know, your wife annoys you, your husband annoys you, your boss annoys you. All of that, the only goal that they want to achieve is to get you to disobey God. And when the scripture says, and we know that all things, or that in all things, God works what? For the good of those who love him. And to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know the guarantee that God will work for your good in every situation? That guarantee is that no matter the situation, you will obey him. 
if the situation warrants you justifying disobedience, he can't work for your good. Because the Bible says to love God is to keep his commandments. So when he says, and in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He's not saying for those who feel emotions for him. He's saying those who under the circumstances will do what he said he will do. So God can like, you know, we learned last Wednesday. God can be mocking at the enemy as he's troubling you. Because he knows you will obey him. And once you obey him, there's a way out. If Joseph did not flee... From Potiphar, when Potiphar's wife and the devil were plotting their harassment of Joseph, the reason God did not stop her on the track, or God would not stop her on the track, was that God said, they will send this boy to prison. So God said, from prison, I'm going to take you to the palace. But the only way they could send him to prison is if he refuses the advancement of the woman. The only way Joseph will refuse the advancement of the woman is that Joseph will seek to honor God more than honor his body. Are you getting me? That is, the, that is knowing his faithfulness. So somebody is in a situation where they want to sack you because you're being faithful to God. God knows your way of escape is when they sack you, he will meet you there. That's his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. And for you to do that, you need to trust him. We said on Sunday that faith is the counterpart to God's faithfulness. Faith is the reasonable response to God. So he will catch me, so I will fall. I don't mind falling. He will come for me. He will defend me. He will confirm me. That's the attitude of the Christian. That's what his faithfulness. God cannot, you see, the word that has gone out of his mouth, He's not looking at it and saying, hey, how will I be able to keep it? How will I be able to do this? No, he can. Praise the Lord. He will. The, the only thing for you and I now is to build ourselves to so feed on that is faithfulness. That, because sometimes the situations can be very, very trying. That's the truth. The, the, the burden can be overbearing. But you see, when we think that in this situation... He's waiting to show himself faithful. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord, what do they do? They run to and fro upon the whole earth. What's he searching? Searching for those whose hearts are what? Loyal. That loyalty, loyalty is not tested in comfort. Loyalty is not tested, do you want to eat rice or beans? No, now. Loyalty is tested in, you know, die or do. And you say, I die. And God says, I'm the resurrection and the life. That's what it is. So, you, you are here listening to me. I tell you, there is no situation. Remember, God said, no temptation has befallen you. But what? Such as is common to man. He says, your father, our God, will not allow you to be what? Tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every what? Temptation. He'll make a way. What kind of way would the father make for his son? Is it a way of compromise? No. It's a way where it looks like all is gone. And he's forsaken. And then you say to him, here I am. And then he will begin to show his majesty. So we learn the faithfulness of God. So that our obedience can mature. Praise the Lord. Our, our yieldedness can mature. We can come into a place of trust. In Psalm 106, Psalm 106, verse 13 and 14. 
talking about the children of Israel. He said something there. He says that they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God. 13 and 14. Give, let's see 13, please, before 14. He said they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his cancer. At this stage, you know how much God had done for them. These people have seen the Red Sea part and they walked through it. They drank water that they didn't know how it came about. They were feeding, you know, on manna from heaven, angels' food. But you see, they forgot his works. They did not wait. They did not say to themselves, this God doesn't fail. This God what? Doesn't fail. And that's another place that you can, you can mature as a Christian. Where you get to the point where whatever thing, whatever thing, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, the main thing you check for is, where did I disobey him? Where did I miss him? Where didn't, no, no, okay, let's not even use the word disobey so it doesn't scare you. Where did I miss him? Did he say I should stop and I move forward? Or did he say I should move and I stop? What, what, what is it? But if you realize, if you realize at that point that you're in sync with him, then you know that he's up to something. Praise the Lord. You know that he's up to something. Like the world will say, he said when one door closes, what happened? Another one opened. You know that for God to shut this door in your face, he's opening the garage door. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you remember that's feeding on his faithfulness. You say no. No. There's a, a passage I wish I could find in there. Where, where the, the children of Israel were saying, they say, has God ceased to be merciful? Has he ceased to do good? He cannot cease. So if I'm not seeing it now, I should wait on the Lord and what? Be of good courage. He hasn't ceased. He cannot cease. It flows out of him. That is. So he says they, they didn't wait. They didn't wait. They lost it exceedingly. And that's what led them to test. Another thing we also learn is that faithfulness doesn't test God. So you, 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 you look at someone who knows the faithfulness of God. I won't say he doesn't boast because the Bible says boast in the Lord, isn't it? But he trusts. His utterances are not um, in a particular form. He just knows that God will come through. Praise the Lord. He, he knows that God, he knows who his father is. Like the Hebrew boys, what did they say? They said to the king, said Nebuchadnezzar, he said, the fire is hot and it will kill us. But just know that what? We will not bow. We not bow. We have the almighty God as our father. How can we bow to God of uh, the little God Nebuchadnezzar? We will not bow. Okay? And let it be known to you, Nebuchadnezzar, that we are not even thinking about it. So what you have to do, do quickly. Yeah? Our God is able to deliver us. That's a man who trusts God. Is it, it would have been a different thing, you know, that's, that's, I'm trying to explain boasting. They didn't go to Nebuchadnezzar and say, God, my God will show you. No, because you don't even know the direction it's going to come from. And that's where some of us miss it. We get into presumption. You know, even the Bible tells us that even if you're right, still be humble. Do you understand? In that office, as you're arguing with those people who don't know they are left from their right, say still be humble. You know why? 
God in his faithfulness resists the proud, whether they're his proud children or his proud enemies. He's faithful to what? To his word. Those are things that bring stability. Because you know, as a young Christian, you know something, you're just bouncing. Yeah, this is me, this is it. And then you, you score seven goals here. Yeah. You concede 19. Why? The faithfulness of God. He said, correct in the meekness of wisdom. He said, if someone is overtaking the interest, he said, you that as rich as you work, should restore him with what? A spirit of gentleness. So don't say, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a way you shall. They say, look at this one. Are we not the ones carrying him? Okay, like our dad would say, say, okay, remove, remove his support. Then you see yourself in the same zone. Okay, so faithfulness tells us the word of God has integrity. Every part of it, praise the Lord. This is why the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, 128, please. You can give us 27 and 28. This is what it says of our Lord Jesus. 27 and 28 says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, this is what it says of him. It says, Him, what do we do? We preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man, what? Perfect in Christ Jesus. There's a warning in it. Anything that they give to you Listen to me, this one, very important. Anything that they present to you that has no warning is a toy. It's made for children. Your car, if you read the manner, the hazards there are more. Even your electric iron, your gas cooker, anything that carries power has warning. Christianity without warning is not this one that takes people to heaven. Him we preach. You know what? The integrity of God's words. I'll show you another scripture. It says, we therefore knowing the goodness and severity. If I tell you the goodness of God and there's no severity, it's moving. Any real thing has dimension. If you put the fan here and there's light, it will have shadow. The word of God that brings promises of blessing. Also, if we miss the blessing... You know, people have these nice things they say now. It's about loving God. It's not about hell. No, hell came about because people didn't love God. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the only thing we saw was a beautiful garden. If Adam and Eve ate the tree of the knowledge, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of, of life, we will never hear hell. Hell was constructed when man said, we don't want to be in the presence of God. Automatically it had to be because if you don't want to be in the presence of light, they have to remove light from you. And then you have to be in the presence of darkness. If you don't want to be in the presence of love, then you have to be in the presence of hate. If you don't want to be in the presence of joy, then you have to be in the presence of sorrow. It was a choice that man made that created it. We can't remove it now. Knowing the goodness and the severity of God. We beg, we appeal, we persuade. Because those two, the, the, his in faithfulness says it is so. I, I remember, I, I don't know if I can catch this memory well, but there, there were teachers those days in the university who will harass us, harass us. Read oh, this exam, read, you must read. Then you come and say everybody passes. The next time I don't read because everybody will pass. Heaven is not like that. Too. Do you understand? Heaven is not like that. Heaven is, it's a hymn we preach. One in every man. Because the God that is faithful to his word is faithful to every of his word. 
Do you understand? When our Lord Jesus Christ says to us, he says, do not worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Your body is more than clothing. Life is more than food. He said, your heavenly father will provide it for you. If the same Jesus turns and says to you, if your hand will cause you to sin, cut it off. Was he, which one is he joking in? Church, which one is a joke? The other one, we don't like to hear it, Abby, because he was joking when he said it. The one of promise, he was serious. The good one, he was serious. The one in one that is better to enter into life with one hand cut off or with one eye pierced. That one is a joke. But the one of, he will bless me, he's serious. We don't know the faithfulness of God. Because his faithfulness is there. He says with him there is no shadow of turning, no variableness. What he says he will do, he will do. It's a song we sing and we like it. Now, it means then that in the hour of my temptation, I will remember that what God said he will do, he would. So as you're looking at somebody's wife or husband or someone, you know that what God said he would do, he would do. He that commits adultery is like somebody taking fire to put on his bosom. Say, this woman fine, no, but fire on my bosom. Fire on my bosom. Run, run, run. That is faithfulness. The same way, you know that you obey him. That's what I'm saying. That's where we started from. It's to provoke obedience. You know that you obey him, he will not fail. For he that comes to God must believe what? That he is. That he is. And he's what? A rewarder. God rewards. God is the rewarder. Child of God, as you wait on him, as you honor him, as you trust him, as you talk about him, every pain, every shame, every mockery, do you know that your heavenly father is taking note of it? Do you know that your high priest knows exactly how you feel? The pastor may not know. Some people may listen and say, pastor, you don't understand. I may not understand, but Jesus understands. And the Bible says, you and I do not have a high priest. What? Who cannot be touched, which means he is being touched. By the feeling of your infirmities. So he knows. He knows. And then the apostle Paul begins to tell us. We know that these light afflictions. What did they do? They work for us. Let's rise on our feet. They are working for us. They are working. The insults are working for us. The embarrassments are working for us. The mockery are working for us. Some of us in our families that are laughing at us. You know, ask you, not so. Come and beg me for money. You know? And you'll be asking yourself, God, why? 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 And God is saying, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. This evening, I just want you to lift up your heart to him. And tell him, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. For somebody tonight, he's going to show you a way of escape. You may never have considered it a way of escape, but it's a way of escape. Every way of obedience in that trial is a way of escape. Because he waits for you on the path of obedience. He's holy. He cannot, he can partner with iniquity. The Bible says, the Lord knows, they say this, the foundation of Lord stands here. The Lord knows, knows those that are his. And then he went on and said, he that names the name of the Lord. It's on my path, I know you. And if you are my own, please depart from iniquity. That's the only thing that can separate us. 
You, I know, have inscribed you upon the palms of my hands. I'm mindful of you. I have a plan for you. I'm waiting for you. Just don't allow, don't allow the pressure. Don't allow the discouragement. That's what's happening with the church and the time we're in Nigeria. The wickedness of the wicked is tempting us to become wicked. But we must cry to the Lord. Lord, help our hearts. Don't let us hate. They, they, you're not equipped to hate. You will overheat. You can't hate. The Christian that is hating is entering into overheating. Your top gasket will burn. You can't hate. No matter what they do to you, go to the Lord and cry to him. Lord, please help me. Help me keep my heart steady. Keep my heart soft. Don't allow me become hardened. Don't allow me become wicked. Don't allow me become evil. They've disappointed you. Lord, don't let me become hard to those who are looking to me for help. Men have done this to you. Lord, please do not harden my heart. You're still a good father. Women have done this to you. Rich people have done this to you. Let me not hate men. Let me love all men. Help me, oh Lord. Give me a clean heart. Give me a pure heart. Lord, help me. Help me to trust in you. Even now. Help me to trust in you. Even today. Even today. I've been disappointed. But Lord you have not disappointed me. I've been delayed. But I know that it's for a good cause. I will wait on the Lord. And I'll be of good courage. I will wait on you. You are good to me. 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 You are beautiful to me. I will, I will stand on the side of your favorable word. I will shift into the place of obedience. I will locate myself in the place of trust. I will locate myself in the place of the humble. Help me, O oh Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me. There is none else that I have. People, God is able to turn situations in moments. In moments, one announcement, one phone call, one encounter, everything can change. And that's what he does. He is that faithful. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm seeing, no matter what is happening in my world, I will never cease to meditate on your faithfulness. You've been faithful, Lord. From the ages past. That is why your name, your name will forever and ever and ever and ever and ever be adored. I will praise you, O Lord, my God. I will bless you, Lord. I will worship you. I will worship you. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Please, you can put Romans 3 verse 3 for us on the screen. Romans 3 verse 3, please. Thank you. It says, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? We don't want to go there. You know, sometimes people have a way of telling you, but look at that person, look at that person. <laughs> look at that person, look at that person. They develop what they have sent rockets into the sky, haven't they? Some have crashed. Had they stopped sending? 
Even driving for the past three days or four days. You may have seen accidents on the road. Did you stop driving? He said, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God of no effect? Can we see the message translation of that please? Message amplified, any of them or both of them. He says, so what if in the course of doing that, some of the Jews abandoned their post? He said what? God didn't abandon them. Say to yourself, God has not abandoned me. I will not be faithless. This is what he says. He said, do you think their faithlessness cancels out his faithfulness? No, it doesn't. Let's see amplified. So we pray. Thank you. What then if some did not believe or were unfaithful to God? He said their lack of belief will not nullify and make invalid the faithfulness of God and his word. Will it? It will not. I want you to tell the Lord, I will be a witness to your faithfulness. I receive grace. Thank God he said whatsoever things we desire when we pray. Let's receive grace tonight. Even in our time, even as a nation. I receive grace. As a single lady, I receive grace. As a struggling man. I think it was last year that we did um, uh, 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 men, men, men Under Authority Summit. And I said, it's not easy to be a man, especially in Nigeria today. A father, a husband, it can be challenging. But Lord, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. I receive grace. Grace and apostleship unto obedience. You are speaking, Lord, I will hear you. I will know the way you want me to turn. I will meet with your provision. I will meet with your deliverance. I will meet with your intervention. You are faithful, God. From the ages past. And in my life, your name will forever be praised. You have been faithful, Lord. From the ages past. And in my life, your name will forever be praised. You have been faithful, Lord. From the ages past. And in my life, your name will be praised. I want you to declare to the Lord. Your grace, I will hold on to. Your grace, I will hold on to. The Lord speaking to David says, my faithfulness will not fail over you. Lord, your faithfulness will not fail in my life. I will be a living proof of your faithfulness. Because I will wait. I will wait. I will wait. I will wait. I will wait on you, my God. I will wait on you, the Lord. I will wait. I will wait. Father, we thank you. And as a church, we want to say thank you. As a nation, we want to say thank you. For every circumstance, situation, we turn our hearts, oh Lord. And we begin to feed on your faithfulness. We give you praise and glory. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center. Off Bannock's Guarimba Expressway, near next Cash and Carry, Abuja, 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www.thefatherschurchonline.org. Facebook, facebook.com slash the father's church our twitter handle at t father's church also on instagram 
The Father Church. God bless you.